Hello and welcome to season 2 of the Books of the Boardroom podcast. This is a podcast where we talk to inspiring professionals such as CEOs and CFOs about the journey they went on to become the leaders they are today. We will discuss the challenges they faced, the pivotal experiences that shaped their growth and what it takes to become a true leader. My name is Sumit Desanayaka. I'm the managing director of Briska and I'll be your co-host. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Briska. Briska helps medium to large Australian companies comfortably meet their financial obligations in a cost-effective manner by providing them with a fully trained outsourced finance staff. Thanks for listening. Today I'm joined by a chairman of one of the oldest construction companies in Australia, Hutchinson Builders. This company is more than 110 years old. It's great honor for me to have a conversation with the current chairman Scott Hutchinson on the Books of the Boardroom podcast about his leadership journey. Scott, thanks for participating no in worries. our podcast. No How are problem. you today? Uh, well, thanks. Right, before I ask about your leadership journey, I would like to know a little bit about the history of the Hutchinson Builders. It started by my great-grandfather in 1912. It grew large in the 20s and 30s when my grandfather and his brother were doing most of the work. It then ran down and my father saved it in the 60s and we've sort of been building it up and then in the last 20 years has been we've had a managing director that's grown it very large it's about, we turn over about 3 billion dollars now. Wow, that's massive. So what's your current role? You are the chairman of the I'm group. I'm the chairman. Yeah, yeah, so but I'm not uh, I, I'm not the CEO. I, I'm just the So you are part of the board. Yes, so yes, yes, but I, I go to work every day, but I don't day to day Greg's the boss. So yeah, okay. I, I just do what I can to help. Right. I was going to ask you that question like what's your routine like? Yeah, it's mainly the ceremonial stuff, trying to protect the people who are doing the work from lunches, sod turnings, ribbon cuttings, podcasts. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All celebrities things. Yeah, yes. great. Yeah, right. And I know this company is still privately owned, mm-hmm. even this is 110 years old. Yes. Is there any reason behind not listing it or you know going down another path? Or? Because listing it would ruin it. Must be a private company. We don't think like a public company. Right. And I wouldn't do it to our people. And I see going public as selling out basically. Like why would you want to? It's yeah. just for money. True, that's so true. And is your family still involved in this company? or? Yes, we tend to hand it down just to one person in the next generation. That way it stays together instead of fragments. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I know, you know, running a business like this size, at some stage you jumped in and I'm not sure whether you started as chairman or you no, started no, as No, no, I started in... Eight, well, I've been working there in my school holidays since 1972, but I started full-time in 1986 then I was managing director from 92 to 2001 right and then we put Greg in after that since 2001 you you so you went into the chairman's role and then you put a professional CEO in yes, the business yes 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 uh, how was that ju- transition very good <laughs> very good because um well I handed it over at a very good time we'd done very well for our size but um he's a um a much better manager than me and really talented. My father met him at the Master Builders Association. Right. And he said, we should give this guy a try. So we did. And 
Yeah, I was humble enough to get out of the way, <laughs> I suppose, that's all. Now he's been running it for 21 years. Yes, yes. At a stretch. That is, again, another kind of a record, I'm sure, for a one CEO to run a company like this for that many years. Yes, he's stepping down this month, and we've got two guys that are replacing him, and both of them have been at Hutchies. Although they're a lot younger than him, both of them have been at Hutchies for longer than him. One 23 years and one 28, I think, yeah. Really? Yeah, yes, yes. So 23 we, years old uh, in, in the company. Yeah, and, he's only in his, and they're only in their 40s. Yeah. So th- I, I don't think they've worked anywhere else, which... Um, they, they, they inherited the yeah, culture. Yeah, <laughs> they, they understand. So it's a lot easier promoting from within. Hutchies is yes. something that would be very hard to find an external C- CEO for, and, and we didn't want to do it anyway. Yeah, I'm sure you have a unique culture and you need someone who understands it, right? That's so. True. And it's, a, it's not a public company, it's a private company, it's still family involved, so you've got a different dynamics <laughs> in the right. mixture. <laughs> right, that's, that's a great thing to hear. And I know, you know different people have different opinion about leadership. So what is your you know, kind of view about leadership or how you approach to leadership? I've got mixed feelings about leadership. Most of the leadership I've seen is bluffing and guessing. <laughs> Which is not the right way to go. It's not uncommon. No, yes. no. Yeah. It's, uh, it's often used to, for somebody just talking loudly. But I think the real leadership comes from knowing all the detail and, and getting in amongst it and really being in the middle of it rather than just shouting from the top. Yeah, you know, I hear what you say. Yeah, of course, sometimes, you know, whoever who is louded gets a leadership position, but yeah, obviously yeah. not the right leader so yeah. someone behind the scene does the work but not getting the credit for that oh we've we've certainly been fooled by a number of blowhards over the years <laughs> that's for sure yeah sure sure and um did leadership come to you naturally or did you follow any path or did you emulate anyone to build your leadership journey well i didn't i, I didn't earn it it was my great-grandfather's company so I, I walked into it there was no great competition but i i, I did the MBA at University of Queensland in the 80s and and that helped me with a lot of things. It gave me a splattering of knowledge of all disciplines and um, taught me a lot about human resources, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really interested to hear about the fourth generation, yeah. right? So fourth generation, you've been running the same business and how the family is like, what did you inherit any different management style or leadership style? that you want to you know, carry in and that you want to pass it on? Oh, Dad and I are very different. And Greg and I and Dad are very different. Greg's our, our current managing director. And my son will be different again. I've got a, I've got a son working in there. It's not, we're not hell-bent on one style. We prefer participative and inclusive yeah. management, but uh, we're not hell-bent. Whatever works. Right, yeah. So you don't have any particular style because, no. you know... But no. you just go with the flow, you know, see if someone's bringing something better, so you try to embrace that. If they're making a small group work, they get a larger group. If they make that group work well, they get a larger group. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the size of the business as of today? Uh, we turn over about $3 billion. We've got a balance sheet of about $388 million and we've got about 1,650 staff. Right. And we're in pretty much in all states except Western Australia. Any reason for that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's too far. It's too far. And you can't trust the people over there. (laughs) Good comment. 
right yeah and a lot of businesses are trying to be on the east coast right you know by that yeah we're a bit broader than that but western australia is just too far away wow yeah right for a company of you know 110 years old you still feel that is oh well it's yeah we went there for a short time and we found we didn't like it right okay you already did the experiment and then you found out it's not working for you so what's the biggest state is it's queensland it's more bigger because you're based here yeah right okay And so you said your son is now in part of the business as well. Yes. So what is he doing in the business at this point? Well, he's not going to be ever be managing director like I was. I think the business is far too big now for that sort of nepotism. So he will move into my job eventually as chairman. Yeah. Uh, he's a director at the moment and it'll conta- uh, continue that way, but it's it would be wrong to throw one of your children into the managing director <laughs> yeah. role it just doesn't statistically make sense yeah for the size of the business it has evolved to a level that is beyond the family now and yes yeah, yeah for sure and it's going to be more governance role than a more executive yeah 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 we're not huge on governance but yes yeah he will, yeah. He will have a not not role. to the level more, of more a, a <laughs> more of a ceremonial role he'll intervene if things are really necessary i know i saw in the note that you got an engineering background but yes. you didn't embrace that you wanted to more of a people and a marketing how did that happen i did reasonably well at maths at s- and sciences at school so my father suggested i do engineering and i did I, i passed the course but i hated every minute of it um, <laughs> then when i became an engineer i was I, i don't think i was a good engineer i didn't enjoy it i had no interest in engineering yeah and um but i do have interest in people in people yeah is it because if you exposure or how, how what what i just think it's it's probably 80% um nature and 20% nurture i, I just don't find much exciting about concrete and steel but I do I do find people, people interesting yeah, yeah. yeah so you end that you know more human environment than the more mechanical environment Absolutely. you try yeah, and you enjoy yeah. that yes, <laughs> yes yes and you got a bit of a luxury here to choose as well because you have a bigger business I worked on some jobs when I first came to Hutchies and I enjoyed that it was a lot better than engineering but um yeah I much prefer the job I've got now yeah, yeah. for sure for sure And uh, I noted in one of your notes you say that uh, turnover is in margin so you learned that lesson early on yeah, and I'd love yeah. to he- explore more but because I've been an accountant I'm very interested in that and <laughs> I can relate well, to Well here's something to get your head around generally turnover and in construction turnover and margin are inversely proportional so when your turnover goes up your your margin goes right down. Now that's really <laughs> hard to explain to accountants and journalists. Yeah. But it's true. It's true. Yeah. And the scale when they scale is up so you know your margin squeeze more squeezy no. Oh you just have got this people your best people are spread too thin and that's a constant problem in construction. Right. Yeah, yeah this is one of the bigger challenges. Isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. So how do you overcome that in your business? Not grow so quickly. That's the that's the um that's the secret. That's oh that's the, the recipe. Just just take it slowly. And we've grown too big in a number of periods in our time. We we plateaued at about 3 billion and I'm trying to keep it at about that. Yeah. Right. And it's right. easy at the moment to say no to work. You've just got to push it away. Yeah, okay, because you got you got a bit of a choice now. Yeah, so you're yeah. a sizable company, you know. You, you can get rid of your bad clients. <laughs> I love to do that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. So back in the days did you do any professional development or how did you keep up with well, the 
Um, I just had an interest in, in organisational behaviour subjects at university. I've, I keep a, abreast of that a little bit by reading, and, uh, but ma- mainly it's um, journal articles and things. But I'm not a, a, a huge student of organisational behaviour, but that's the area I like. So really my ideas about that were formed at university. Yeah, okay, that makes sense, yeah, of course. So do you do more open nature in building leaders? Is it your responsibility or is it someone else's responsibility? No, no, it's not my responsibility. I pretty much do what I'm told to do. (laughs) Right. And that tends to be the ceremonial stuff. I do the um, inductions to new people, that sort of thing. But I don't go picking leaders. That certainly happens with people that are better yeah. qualified yeah no interesting to hear that you know you're in, in your own company now you've got a very different role i haven't met anyone like that in my podcast no so mostly I interviewed people who are in the role more of a in an executive role yes than a ceremonial role so it's my yeah, first yeah. time Look, I'd, <laughs> I'd probably um probably underplaying it a little bit but your other speakers are probably overplaying it a lot <laughs> so um yeah, I, 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 look, I get involved where I have to. Yeah. Uh, but I, I prefer not to have to. No, that's good. I'm, I'm still trying to understand, like, how the dynamic is in your own company, in a ceremonial room, and, and then, you know, just not to worry about everything else. Well, it's, it's not quite that. We have a day where everybody presents every job that they've got, and I always sit through that, so I hear what's going on. I try to get to the sites. I don't get to many. But I... Um, try and listen to to what's going on and and see where the next problems are coming yeah, from sure i forgot to ask this at the beginning for hutchinson buildings was there any significant site or building that you um have built over time is there anything that is like you know remarkable significant this the one we're in now this yes. one yeah, yeah wow yeah, um yes most of West Village. I'm trying to think of things you'll know now. Sky Tower, the biggest right. tower in Brisbane. Yes. Um, couple in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I know there's a lot. That's why I wanted to ask from you. Oh. Is there anything that you well, can it's, remember? It's hard. People, don't remember <laughs> people don't remember a lot of the older buildings. But, uh, yeah, West Village is probably the most uh, obvious one at the moment. Or, or Sky Tower. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I want to sort of explore this as well, since you are uh, coming from a family with the history of business and you know, and successful mm. business, not just you know, running business, right? Such a successful and a huge business. And do you have any message to the you know the family-owned businesses or the upcoming leaders how they should look at their business? Oh, and gee, I I don't think we've been successful enough for me to give advice. <laughs> Every business is so different. I could really only advise on the construction yes of course yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's probably the best thing is take it slowly yeah yeah Don't no, that's a good things. advice yeah, of course yeah, yeah. yeah no, i understand that and uh, the transitioning from executive to a more chairman type of a role how hard was it or how easy it is extremely and easy extremely what, you're, <laughs> what you're doing you're, you're <laughs> handing over detailed problematic things um for example, uh, assigning uh, the staff, d- the correct staff to different projects and difficult things like that to doing ceremonial stuff and, and getting involved in the things that you enjoy. So it was a really easy thing to do. And that's why it was so easy to hand over to Greg. I had no ego about it. 
Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great point because I know a lot of people hold on to you know their you know, executive roles for too long sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not happening here. That's right. <laughs> that's that's just great. I got a couple of other quick questions to ask. One thing I want to definitely ask you before we wrap up, I know you got some vested interest in the non-commercial music venues. Yes. So tell me more about that. Oh, it's something I do enjoy talking about. Um, I couldn't stand seeing the Brisbane music scene go from the centre of town out to places out past the airport like that terrible Burndall Entertainment Centre <laughs> and, and the myriad of other disastrous places around the Because growing up, Festival Hall was my temple. I saw all sorts of bands there and then they, I went to try and buy it in 2003 and it was worth to music probably $6 million, and it went for $14 million, oh. which showed me that that inner city land is valued on how many home units you can get on yes, it. Yes, of course. Uh, so music cannot afford inner city land. So either the government's got to do it or some sort of private some, philanthropy. Yeah, yeah philanthropy. Yeah. yeah, so we've got seven venues now. Um, they're not commercial at present. They're, they're valued far less than what, we, what we've spent on them, but over the years they'll be okay. And I don't intend developing them anyway. They're going to... I'll try and control them from the grave if I can, yeah. <laughs> right, so you enjoy music yourself? Yeah, yeah, I enjoy going. What sort of music you enjoy? Oh, um, <laughs> probably um, post-punk, new wave. Right. Um, oh, I'm thinking of, at the moment, Arctic Monkeys, Sleaford Mods, <laughs> Strokes. Um, that, right. Yeah, but I've, I've got fairly broad tastes. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. You don't need to confine yourself, right? If yes. you enjoy, <laughs> just keep moving, right? I'm, sh- I'm really interested to hear how you how you approach to the work life balance. Well, that's up to the individual. If if you want to work half time, um, that's okay. But but you're probably only going to produce half as much, or probably a quarter of as much. But if you want to do 12-hour days and and dedicate your life to work and that's what you want to do, we let that happen as well. We don't try and force any sort of balance on anybody. Um, I've had uh, it unbalanced before when I have to and even now sometimes it gets unbalanced but uh, I'm doing less and less and enjoying it more, yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree what you say. Like it's not about you know, come to work at eight and then leave at five, right? That's not work-life balance and then go to your family. It is up to you what you like, what you, like <laughs> what you do. love yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. If you love doing work, then it's of course it's part of that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and and we don't try and... Hutchies, we don't try and control behaviours at all. We're uninterested in results. So we try and make it so we can see how your team's going. If your team's working one day a week and producing the goods, we don't get involved. Yeah. That's that's a good way of looking at it, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, results are what matters, not yeah. not how much you're sweating. Yeah, and and in, in a, and a company like your size, of course, you have to have a very different approach to the small companies where you can micromanage because you can you got only yeah. handful of handful of people, right? So you can <laughs> nurture them, you can talk to them, and then show them direction. But in a company like yours, you can't. You only look at it from the output perspective. Yes. Um. We we try and keep. Uh, decisions very decentralised if we can yeah. uh, and and give people as much authority as we can too yes. so uh, that brings a different uh, perspective yes. to it I'm sure this is a question definitely for you 
how important it is to surrounded by a good team for a leader to be successful yeah yeah well you you're picking your people's your probably your most important task but it's it, it's very difficult team leader that can do one job can't do another and you've got to be able to roll with those punches as well yeah. it's the hardest job i think matching our staff to the different projects and the different clients yeah. different clients have different attitudes to building true some see it as a game of cards others actually want a building done <laughs> that's so true like understanding their behavior it's very yeah, important yeah. isn't it and and this is something that i always say as well like the more than the workflow understand the personality helps yes if you work with a client or someone so some most yes. of the time we are worried about the workflow and the outcome but if you know the personality it's easy for you to it's uh, it's a lot better right? lot better yeah, yeah of course one last question before we wrap up um you know in a company like yours of course short term objectives versus long term objectives of the leaders is a kind of a we don't have any short term objectives <laughs> okay. everything we do is long term right yeah so, so we don't uh i mean short if you call completing your job on time making some money and keeping the client happy if if you call them short term objectives that's fine but everything we do we try and take a long term view Yeah, that that sounds good. I'm really glad to have a conversation with you thank and you. thank you very much for your time. I know you're very busy and it's a great <laughs> honor for us to have you on our podcast. Well, thank you very much. This was good fun. It's very inspiring. I'm not sure if I've been inspired <laughs> it's, today. It's, it's, um, it's different to be honest with you. It's different and it's very inspiring and I learned a lot of things that I didn't know as well. Well, I'm happy to come back if you'll have me. Thank you very much. No worries. Okay. Thank you.